Alrighty. I think I'm finally ready. All right. Well, let's see if the bumper works. When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids. At host a podcast, we watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. They watch you take the rolls. They watch you take the rolls. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to Daz Meet World, your weekly deep dive into that classic 90s show, Boy Meets World. Uh, I am one of your dads, Tyler. And I'm the other one of your dads, Brett. Welcome. Yes, welcome. <laughs> and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and all the other holidays that you are celebrating. Uh, this should be coming out right before New Year's Eve, so... Uh, Brett, any fun New Year's Eve plans for you guys yet? No, nothing big. We always just kind of stay in and find uh, a feed the online that will watch the ball drop because we've been cord cutters for years. We don't have cable. And honestly, we haven't had a, uh, an antenna in a long time either. So any any live feed we can find, it'll probably be NBC this year because... We have, Fair. well, actually, NBC or CBS because we have Peacock and uh, Paramount Plus, both. So we'll watch the ball drop nice. on one of those with the kids, have some pork and sauerkraut at midnight, and then send them off to bed after the ball drops. How about you guys? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, they're at the point now where literally if they want to stay up all night, technically they could if they really wanted to. Oh, yeah. I don't care if they stay up. I just want them to get out of the living room. <laughs> <laughs> get away from you. I get that. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, right now, we're scheduled to have a fun evening of I'll be at work. Yeah. <laughs> New Year's lock-in? Uh, no, the other work, the not fun work. Oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I mean, it's not a huge deal. Like, New Year's Eve has never been a huge thing for us. So, And I've worked other times as well doing other jobs. Although I will say, uh, doing like Ubering on New Year's Eve is actually kind of a fun night. Uh, because people are just <laughs> bat crap crazy. And like, I, the amount of times I would have someone in my vehicle and they'd be like, I don't know, should we keep this party going? Should we keep going? Well, this guy texts me back, like, what does he want? And I was just like, oh, my gosh, someone needs to say truthful things to you and tell you to go home. <laughs> Stop talking to people. You're too drunk. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And I'm assuming, Brett, that both of us have had the greatest Christmas ever and we have no complaints whatsoever about family or any sort of drama on Christmas Day. Exactly. No drama, all kinds of fun stuff. My family came over. We had a peaceful and fantastic day. Mm -hmm. And Henry had the perfectest of uh, first birthdays, and everything went smoothly. And no point did I get upset with anyone. <laughs> ah, just so you know, everybody, th we are literally recording this uh, the night before Christmas Eve. So it's Christmas Eve Eve, which I think... 
don't know about you, Brett, but I think the day before <laughs> Christmas Eve is the most stressful day of uh, the Christmas season. It's Festivus. Yeah. Because either, <laughs> either you are ready for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, or you are not. And so it is balls to the wall stress. Yeah, uh, there's a reason right. why you and I are recording this after uh, the time we normally get done. Because <laughs> I was at late at Walmart because we had to wait till uh, the grandparents showed up in order to go finish up some Christmas shopping and also get stuff for Christmas dinner. So, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, we should probably get into this wacky, wacky fun episode, Brett. Yeah, I think that's a good way of uh, describing it. Good looking yeah. people. We're going to look at the 19th episode of season Shenanigans. Three. That's what this episode is. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> there we go. I was a teenage spy wherein a freak microwave accident sends Corey back in time to 1957. As if that weren't enough, Corey ends up mistaken for a Russian spy because of the information he has about future technology. Well, really, technology from a future perspective. This episode was written by Jeff C. Sherman, directed by David Trainer, originally aired April 26, 1996, nearly uh, just about two full months from our last episode and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.0. And now, good-looking people, it's time for America's favorite game show. Vast Emotional Damage. Vast Emotional Damage with your contestant, Tyler. Now, Tyler... Last week's episode had a Nielsen rating of 18.9, which is 18.9 million people tuning in. Now, after a hiatus of two months, how many million people do you think tuned in for I Was a Teenage Spy? Gosh, it's got to be some sort of a drop with waiting two months in this to get there. So let's go with 14 mil. 14 you lose the showcase. 13.2 million. Uh, I was thinking 13 initially, but I was like, no, I got to have a little more hope. So. Yeah, pretty pretty big drop after a two-month absence from the airwaves. So, well, yeah, that's, but that's, that's the just... breaks for what TV did back in the, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Back you, before the day. Well, days back then, though, if TV. you took any time at off, like, it killed your ratings like every single show they do this to and i don't know why they would do this to any of their shows but just the way it goes that's what they had to work with and now we get uh eight ten fifteen episode seasons and then a year in between seasons <laughs> yep yeah so tyler he's gotten a lot stranger that's for sure it has it has Better in some ways, but stranger in a lot of ways. So, Tyler, take yeah. it away. <laughs> well, Brett, we start off, oddly enough, at Chubby's this go-around. Uh, Corey's walking down, runs into Turner and Williams, and they say, hey, you want to do us a favor and pass out some flyers? And Corey goes, no. And they said, great. And they hand it to him anyway. 
Um, and I get it. I have to say at this point, Brett, Corey has officially transitioned from the season one, season two, trying to break him of being a bad kid to just, you know, him saying like, well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do the thing you're asking me to do. And then just being like, all right, do it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's growing. Like, into we know his you're own such a character. good kid. Even if we, we, even if you say you don't want to, you'll do it anyway because we asked. <laughs> yeah, but we actually don't see him do that at any point in the episode. We just have to assume he does off screen at some point when yeah. the episode's over. <laughs> Probably, but Corey uh, walks over to uh, the table where Sean and Topanga are hanging out, and uh, he says, "Hey, spring dance is going to be a fifty sock hop." Who wants to go to this? Mr. Topanga, do you want to go? He says, no. <laughs> I just love this. He goes, of course not. It's me, right? Just because we're not going out anymore. You don't want to go out anymore. What's that about? Yeah, Corey's just <laughs> slipping back into old habits here. It's it's him and Topanga have figured out, you know, we, we saw them finally get to have that conversation they needed to have before the prom fashion show. And now we're going to see Corey realize that he wants, he's starting to realize he wants to get back together and Mm -hmm. it's all about the sock hop. Now it's, it's a dance in socks. (laughs) Well, it feels like Corey, it's almost like he's gotten back to the point of the three of them hanging out as friends, but Corey feels like something's missing. Like it's, it's not right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Corey's felt this for a while, but I just like how he gets so defensive about all this stuff of like, <laughs> because the bag goes, we made a decision, you know, we just need to be friends. We don't want to complicate it. Um, you broke up with me. And then she goes, yeah, you broke up with me. Don't you understand that? Of course I do. I know exactly where we stand. <laughs> if you're not careful, I'll break up with you again. <laughs> I love it. Like, I just think emotionally he is kind of wounded in a way of like, in, you know, for lack of better wording, Brett, as you know, when people break up in middle school and high school, oftentimes they're dead to them. They never knew them. They never dated them. Like, they pretend like... The time with them never happened. You don't um, see a lot of a lot of break post breakup friendships. No, um, so you know it would it would be hard for the two of them, and especially for Corey because as we know, Corey is not the most stable being in the show. <laughs> uh, it'll happen more and more as you go along, but you know, I think at this point we can say that Corey is starting to feel really feel the regret of their decision and i think this really starts almost like this mini story like kind of arching story of Corey wanting to get back together and trying to figure out how does he make that happen yep so um you know she says you gotta stop living in the past and of course sean goes she's right core um she is (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah I, I also just love Foreshadowing. that. Okay, so then this this also this little cute moment of basically Corey being like, you know, you're my best friend. That's the way it's always going to be. You and me are friends. There's nothing complicated about that. 
And Corey apparently staring at Sean's fry, and Sean just goes, do you want my fry? Well, only if you're not going to finish them. Mm-hmm. And you know, takes the fries. And it's like, it's like Sean is starting to become more aware of the damage that he and Eric did to push Corey to be like, your relationship isn't normal. And I do start to feel like he, like, because the two people who are on board immediately when Corey's like, I'm going to get her back together. I'm going to Florida. Spoilers. Is Eric and Sean. So, like, mm-hmm. I think the two of them, maybe at this point, not collectively, but I think both of them start to realize, like, oh, we messed up. You know, like, we pushed him. Or I think in their eyes, they think that they alone pushed him. Um, but is, is that thought that both Sean and Cor- and Char- Sean and Eric have that really drove Corey and Topanga to break up, truly. So, mm-hmm. So I love this scene. It's adorable, and it just it says so much about who these characters are and who this this uh, this friendship trio is going to be, especially as they continue forward. Oh yeah. Um, I gotta be careful. I don't bump this so it doesn't shut off. <laughs> so anywho, uh, we go to the kitchen, Brett, and uh, apparently there is some concern over. Uh, the microwave, it's not working. And so yes. uh, it's unplugged. And uh, Eric yes. decides to plug it in. And that causes a bit of a power surge. Yes. Causes Corey power to surge. lose his entire 10-page term paper on Sputnik. <laughs> yes. Brett, I didn't really do much on computers in the 90s, but... Uh, were there save buttons on those suckers back then? Uh, as I recall, word processing programs did have save functions on them. Uh, as, as I recall, the the model that I did see him working on in the tag, he it was advanced enough. He would have been able to save the progress uh, at least to... Uh, a disc at some point in the process he should have mm-hmm. now granted this is a high schooler who very likely was just typing based on handwritten notes and was planning to save it when he was done but mm, he could have well, <laughs> well. Unless is, is unless that... it fried, unless the power surge fried the computer. Right. Well, and the only thing I can think of also is like, you know, sometimes we would have these devices that were meant to travel, but we would be in fear that the batteries would die. So we'd always keep them charged. And thus, once they were off that thing, the batteries would die very, very quickly because they were too used to getting a charge. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the machine would not be able to handle not getting a charge all the time if it's used to getting that source. So I also wonder if it's one of those deals where because the Matthewses don't fully understand that they need to have the device off the charge and let the battery run and let it die occasionally, uh, they probably like the battery could just instantly die the moment it's not plugged in. Eh, very possible. 
and you know, to also be fair too, this could be a second-hand laptop that they're using as well. I mean, he is a grocer. <laughs> well, I mean, you find a deal that's good and you don't have to spend as much money on a brand new one. You take it. Yep. But it is a it is a far cry from when Eric was typing his uh, recommendation letter on a typewriter just a handful of episodes before. Yeah. On but I think stationary. he did that so he can <laughs> so he could just automatically put it on there. Um, that moment. Hey, would I, George <laughs> Feeney, be lying? <laughs> really, really, really good. <laughs> Yeah, I was in a really, really good mood. Uh, anywho, Morgan's back, Brett. Yes, she is. It was me. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just love Eric hands Morgan the court. She has like two such lines a, in this episode. And they're both zingers. <laughs> uh, such a big brother thing to do to little sister. Uh, so yeah, uh, Amy and Alan start giving him some knowledge about Sputnik, which mm-hmm. if you're writing a 10 page paper about any topic whatsoever, should you be the most knowledgeable person normally in the room at that moment? Yeah. For him to come down and say, I got nothing. You were just writing 10 pages. You really should be right. able to reproduce probably close to half of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but again, though, if you if we're going off the basis of he didn't actually learn it, he wrote down in some notes and he's taking the notes and basically putting it back over there. And what he has is he doesn't have a complete uh, a complete paper. So now he's like, I have to do all I did before again. So that would be frustrating, I guess. But um oh, yeah. Yeah, normally, especially, well, mostly in college, like, when you have a paper due, like, you should know the subject you're writing about, so that way, even if everything falls apart, you know what you need the information for, and be able to recite mm-hmm. it verbatim, almost, so. But he is a high schooler, so I guess we'll give him a pass, but, yeah, I like how Corey calls him out, too, like, how do you know this this stuff? You're a grocer. <laughs> It just it's so so rude. <laughs> yeah. But I like how uh they have these fake Russian accents. Boris and Natasha. They are secretly Russian spies. Oh, right, Boris. Oh. <laughs> I'm fearful that uh we're getting a taste of the nick-nick cut of the Matthews household that uh, no one wants to know about. Mm. Hashtag release the nick-nick cut. <laughs> been a while since we've done that Uh, (laughs) i love how feeny runs and goes i heard a scream (laughs) Corey's like oh mr feeny please don't expect my paper on time i never do (laughs) (laughs) just everyone this episode is roasting Corey so much yes (laughs) and i did i did clip some of Corey's complaining no one understands how hard i have it Oh, forgive us, Mr. Matthews. Yeah, I mean, computer glitches, girlfriend glitches. You guys had it so easy going to high school way back in the 50s. Uh, 70s. Late 70s. I was there, Mr. Matthews. Communist witch hunts, mass paranoia, 
people diving under desks for fear the bomb was going to drop. It wasn't quite the happy days you think. Yeah, well, maybe you didn't have a good time, but I bet I would. So I will tell you, Brett, that I did reach out to someone who was alive during this time period. All right. Uh, now, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> this is the exact thing I asked her. Hey, doing a podcast, uh, talking about Sputnik and Cold War. Uh, is there anything you remember? Just curious, you know, just let me know if anything pops up. And her immediate response was, LOL, you're so cute. Uh, don't remember a whole lot from that time, was busy being a mom, and didn't pay much attention to the news. So, sorry I let you down. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, that's okay, just... You know, do you remember people being scared or worried about nuclear war? She said, my memory is really shot, honey. I'm sorry. I'm no help. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, my grandma, uh, who I love dearly, and my last remaining grandma, grandparent uh, was no help to me whatsoever. And she's very politically engaged now uh, in her late years being a Florida person. But, uh, yeah, no, I got no help whatsoever. So... Do you uh, have anyone that you're close with that uh, was alive at that time and knew anything about this era? Uh, I do, but I I was not uh, I did not ask them ahead of the recording to uh, oh, you're fine. to gauge their interest. But uh, both of my parents were well. My my father would have been elementary school at the time, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so. My, yeah, yeah. So he would have been Fair. elementary school at the time. Well, one of the things that makes me sad, Brett, is there's so much history that took place, you know, within the span of say a hundred years that I just don't think we got recorded and really got an understanding of what regular people were dealing with at the time, like. As annoying as it is that every other person you talk to has a podcast themselves, um, it is nice to know that for future generations, they will hear and know what's going on now, what people were feeling, what people were going through. Um, And I think it's going to be super helpful when, say, the next pandemic comes and, you know, the next big issue problem that happens, you know, for our kids and grandkids and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, influencers are annoying. Everyone that says I have a podcast is annoying, including us, <laughs> 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 but you know, like I feel bad for a lot of, of people that they just never got to share their stories. Mm-hmm. So I agree. that's why at uh head first studios, it's tell your story. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, uh Corey attempts to uh plug in his uh computer and uh, apparently this is powerful enough Brett to uh send him back to the 50s. Dun dun dun. Mhm. <laughs> Although he gets also transported to Chubby's? Yes. Chubby's, and instead of the microwave, he's holding the cord to a jukebox. Yeah. It's a little uh, far-fetched, but again, this is a dream, so who cares? 
Sorry, spoiler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he doesn't so yeah, actually uh, travel in time, good-looking people. Don't worry. We're not going that outside the bounds of reality. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so, yes, he's in fe- he's not in Phoebe's. He is in Chubby's, and people are dancing and, you know, jiving. And uh, <laughs> Chubby's is uh, not too pleased of a person going, Ah, you whippersnappers, get back to class. Yeah, and this is, uh, he's credited as Counterman. He's played by an actor by the name of Christopher Dargais. First and only time we'll see him on uh, Boy Meets World. 167 credits on his resume. Appeared in shows like L.A. Law, Full House, Cheers, Wings, Family Matters, Seinfeld, Roseanne, Step by Step. Step by step, day by day. ER, day Star by Trek day. Deep Space Nine, <laughs> <laughs> NYPD Blue, uh, Friends, Star Trek's Voyager and Enterprise, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Bruce Almighty, Scrubs, How yeah. I Met Your Mother, New Girl, Modern Family, and a lot more. Wow. Very great character actor. Yeah. That's awesome. Um,. So, yeah, we have Corey, and he starts to head back over to uh, John Adams High. He has our great uh, tag. Yes, because he gets to say, Sir. Great Caesar's ghost. (laughs) I've gone back in time. (laughs) I feel like he should say that more than just this this episode, that's for sure. I agree. Uh so yeah, uh, Corey kind of walks in and is kind of confused, and he runs into Sean, or as he's known in this reality, Seanzi Hunterelli. <laughs> just everything about this is just ridiculous. I Sean will being say, the Fonz. This fifties look is actually a good look for Sean with the spit curl and everything. Yeah. It's a good look. Yeah. I like it on him. I mean, honestly, put this show in the 50s with these actors. It works. It does. <laughs> Not so sold on the big hair for Topanga, but... Oh, the... big hair on Topanga works. Nah, I mean, I'm not so sold on the... I, I like the shorter hair better than the longer hair, but the big hair, I don't know, in, in small doses, it's good. Corey's trying to convince him that they're best friends, though, Brett. And uh, he says, all right, buddy boy, hold this. He hands him a ping pong paddle. Corey's like, ah, oh, ping pong. Got a ball? And all of a sudden, Feeney walks out just looking the most uh, principal-like possible for this man. <laughs> uh, authoritative, if you will. And just oh, walks yes. out and just so many ping pong balls fall on uh, Feeney's face. <laughs> And, of course, uh, you know, Corey takes the fall because that's what they do for each other. Yep. He goes, ah, what's your name? <laughs> Corey he doesn't says, know your name. Make one up. <laughs> he says, my name is Brad Pitt, sir. <laughs> Which turns into ah, Mr. Mr. Pitt, Pitt sir. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, that does make me wonder. They, oh, 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 oh. Uh, sorry. 
It does make me wonder, <laughs> did they not use sir that as common in the 50s, I guess? I mean, I feel like they I, would have, but I don't know. I mean, for teenagers that are hanging around with Shanzi Hunterelli, probably not expected to be end with a sir as respect. Oh, fair. I, I will just say that, like, at this point, sir is used by even Johnny Rotten Seed like people, um, sometimes sarcastically, but there are still those that will respond respectively, even if they are a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. But this is a different time we're talking about. So, and it's not that uncommon still today, I guess, to have people being judged for what friends they have and just assuming that they're also guilty about things they're doing. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is a bad time. (laughs) That's what we know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Feeney gives him off with a warning because, you know, he's brand new. And of course, uh, TL uh, has a tough luck for anyone that doesn't know is uh, we meet her at the uh, Chubby's, but we get to know a little bit more of what's going on, which is she's a tough girl. No one knows what's anything about her. And uh, she has gigantic hair that Feeney cannot stand. And also the fact that she mm-hmm. chews gum, which is so disrespectful. Oh, yes. If she sees an aeroplane, she'll duck. <laughs> I I do love uh, Daniel Fischel just really going for it in this uh, action oh, she that she has. The park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the acting in this is just superb. Um, yeah. Uh, so TL stands for tough luck for suckers who don't know better. Um, <laughs> Corey just goes, I'm in love. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, and she slams him up against a locker. Very reminiscent of all the way back in uh, season one. So, I mean, mm-hmm. even his subconscious is, is creating a world where he's, you know, he's, he's treading in familiar territory. Right. Well, I mean, the show up to this point has not done a good job of showing Topanga's aggressive side, if you will. Um, And this may be the way that they start to show of her standing up for herself and being confident in her speaking her mind other than just on issues of the day. Um, So, yeah, I think this is it's almost like we're gearing up for Topanga really being around more Corey dealing with that and also uh well this is the exact opposite of who she was whenever he first met her and he still loves this version of her aka he'll always love Topanga no matter what so we probably get to the craziest version of a character in the 50s Brett and that is 50s Turner who comes out looking like Marion Stippleman. <laughs> Marion. The complete yes. opposite of Mr. Turner in the real world. <laughs> yes. So he's trying to get in the class, and he's like, come on, guys, it's my first day. <laughs> You're going to make me look bad. <laughs> yes. Um, today's topic of discussion, what will things look like in 40 years? And I love that. Well, before sorry, before this, he's trying to get everyone's attention, and Sean just snaps his finger, and everyone settles down. 
Um, it's called Respect Brett. Yes. But yes, the, class the, the topic of the day Sanzi. is... Yes. What uh, what will like be like in forty years? And Corey's like, I got this. I lived in this time period, <laughs> and basically everything he says, everyone's like, huh, what an imagination. But tell us more about that pizza. <laughs> yes, and I did clip the uh, the portion where we're gonna find out about um, these these drills that they would have in the fifties. So let's listen in. The atomic bomb falls. We see a brilliant flash. Now, what do we do? We duck and cover. Correct. Here we go. Flash! You're dead, Brad. <laughs> Mr. Turner, you're telling me that if the atomic bomb falls, I'll be safe if I go like this? No, no, no. You gotta drop to the ground, duck under desk, curl up, cover neck. And kiss your butt goodbye. <laughs> Who said that? Who said... Utbe? I did, Mr. Turner. I said... But. <laughs> That's it. This time you've gone too far, Hunterelli. For saying but? Oh, this one's on me. How come? It's what we've always done. Oh, the ear thing. Who said Utbe? I love that line. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we get to see Cor or we get to see Sean stick up for Corey. I mean, just this, this loner who doesn't have friends, and you know he's willing to put his ut bay on the line for for this Brad Pitzer that he's known for all of five minutes because you know it's what yep. we've always done. Well, and the nice part about all this too, Brett, is like it's the same thing with Topanga. Corey and Sean in any situation, any universe, they are best friends. Like, mm -hmm. it's almost like this is where that rock foundation is truly starting for all three of them. Is like, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, we are together. Like, it's the three of us that that will get through everything. Mm -hmm. um, and because even when we get into college years and whatnot, and they have a bigger friend group it truly is still the three of them that are the the tight and is the closest friendship so yep they're the they center of the onion their alliance third if you chair. will they filled the death <laughs> chair they did they did find the death chair um it was a little more complicated but it's the way it is yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, Hunter Ellie has gone too far this time, <laughs> so we, uh, we return to probably one of the most interesting scenes, Brett, and that is Corey on the phone with a Dean Witter, and apparently, uh, he's trying to buy some stocks in, uh, Xerox. He's never heard, heard of it, of though. It. Uh, -huh. uh okay. but then he says, well, what about IBM? Selling at a nickel a share, I'll take them all. <laughs> but then Get we cut rich. to another interesting character, Brett, and that is uh, 50s Eric. And apparently he has a dilemma between Harvard or Yale. And of course, you know that there are no, no females at Harvard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's settled. 
He's going to Harvard because he doesn't want to be distracted. Yes. And, of course, they want him to teach. <laughs> yes. He wants them to teach. I mean... Corey's got some very weird ideas about Eric running through his subconscious. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, this version of Eric is just borderline the worst. Um, like, this Eric is almost like a Carlton, essentially, you know, from... Mm-hmm. Uh, Fresh Prince, but like, yeah, there's just nothing of substance that he's that's good about him, other than later on when they're at home and he's like, "Come on, you're a Harvard trained dog." <laughs> like you can find one spy. <laughs> it's almost like in his head, no matter what, Eric is still a screw up, even if he's intellectually smart. Yes, and future captain of industry. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, but then uh, we... Oh, yes. Uh, TL, tough love, tough luck, uh, runs up to Mr. Feeney saying, how dare you remove him from school? He's going to reform school? He'll rot in there, I tell you. Rot, rot, rot! <laughs> and Feeney just responds with, he's run out of chances, and Missy spit out that guy. <laughs> Yes, great sound effects. Um, but this is the point that Corey starts to reveal a little bit about uh, what he knows interest Topanga has. And this is a Topanga that she has not really told people these things about herself, but mm-hmm. the real Topanga has, so Corey knows it. And he starts saying, you know, uh, what if we grab a burger and then we go to the zoo and see the giraffes and... After that, we'll get some Rocky Road ice cream. And she's just like, what makes you think I want to do any of those things that I really want to do? Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, of course, she says that you're giving me the heebie-jeebies. Yep. Don't stop looking Which at I me just like take that. to mean the goosebumps, Brett. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just that those chills. Mm-hmm. And Topanga doesn't like the way that Corey's looking at him. A.K.A. he's looking at her like he's falling in love. Because he has and he's fallen and he's he's done for. That intense stare that lets you know that they're the only person in the room. Mm-hmm. Which, I will say, good looking people, when you are with the right person, even if you've been married for 10 or even close to 20 years, sometimes your partner will catch you looking at them like that. And they'll just be like, Will you stop, please? Like, what? I'm just looking at you. Like, yeah, I know what you're looking at me means. Like, I just love you and appreciate the life we have together. And I can't imagine spending my life with anyone else. (laughs) But anywho, complaining, or wife complaints aside, wonderful times all around. Um... But yeah, Corey gets himself into a bit of uh, trouble here, Brett, because uh, they find out that uh, Russia has officially sent out a uh, uh, something into the sky, and there's a chance that there's a bomb attached to it, and the world may be falling apart right now. Yes, and I, I clipped Corey's explanation as well. Ooh, good. Flash! <laughs> 
Russian satellite, 1957. Hey, guys, guys, relax, okay? It's only Sputnik. Sputnik? <laughs> yeah, my parents told me all about it. It's not a bomb and it's not for spying. The Russians are just doing some space travel experiments. Are they? Yeah. And this arms race thing, trust me. Where I'm from, no one even worries about it. Where would that be, Mr. Pitzer? Moscow? Grab that boy. Bradley Pitzer's a spy. Eric, please, I'm your brother. Yeah, comrade, you mean. Doesn't take a Harvard genius and future captain of industry like myself to realize you're a traitor to these United States. Flash! Flash. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... I love that moment so much. Like, he's like, yeah, from where I'm from, no one worries about this. And it's like, huh, where would that be? Moscow? <laughs> oh, sorry, I had a thought, and then I was like, I need to find this information before I forget. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Anywho, um, so yeah, not worried about this. <laughs> so the next scene is everyone looking for him. Corey uh, was apparently in a locker because Sean hits the locker. And Corey's like, right there. Yep. Sean, who is Sorry. sent off oh. to, re not, not headed off to reform school yet. <laughs> no, of course not. Guess not until the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, there's bigger fish to fry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they do this bit where it's like they'll recognize me. He's like, not with this clever disguise they want. <laughs> Putting on uh, I love that eyebrow mustache glasses. Yeah. Uh, but they get to uh, the Matthews house. Brett, they're safe. Although, again, they're right beside the man that's looking for them. And Eric doesn't know it's his brother, and they're literally at his house as well. Um, yeah, there's some loopholes. There, there's some holes in the logic of Corey's subconscious. But we, but... we got to get to the Matthews household. There's no way around it. Yeah. But I like how uh, Sean and Topanga are both like, ooh, is this where the, Ru <laughs> the Russian spies are meeting? Like, I'm not a Russian spy. And they're like, hey, if you were, man, we're, we're okay with that. Yeah, we're cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says goodbye. And that's uh, when you hear from a distance, come on, you can find one Russian spy. You're Harvard-trained dogs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Corey enters the kitchen, and he's looking for mom and dad and finds some homemade brownies. And Morgan enters and uh, has this really cute moment. She says, uh-uh, mom said no one can have those brownies till after dinner. He's like, yeah, where is mom and dad? But mom's out. Dad's upstairs. Calls for dad. And uh, Brett, Alan Matthews does not walk down the stairs. No, he Who the doesn't. heck is this guy? This guy is Tom Bosley. <laughs> Uh, first and only time we'll see him on Boy Meets World. Sadly, he passed away in 2010. 158 credits on his acting resume. 
from Car 54, Where Are You? Get Smart, The Bill Cosby Show from the 70s, not from the 80s. Bonanza, Bewitched, Maud, McMillan and Wife, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, David the Gnome, The Love Boat, Murder, She Wrote, The Drew Carey Show, Johnny Bravo, Walker, Texas Ranger, ER, Touched by an Angel, Rugrats, Family Guy, That 70s Show, but most well-known and famously known and referenced in this episode really from his role on happy days tuesday friday happy days the weekend comes (laughs) these days i can't sing that part (laughs) (laughs) i will say i did watch happy days they were on reruns clearly when i was a kid but i always enjoyed them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Corey is just super confused, and all of a sudden, another person walks through the door, Brett. And of course, I have to ask, yes. who the Utbay is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> who the Utbay? <laughs> this is Anson Williams, played by Anson Williams. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> who is he? <laughs> Now, I, I will ask, before I go too deep into this, do you have anything in your deep dives about Anson? No. Okay. Now, Anson Williams, his first and only time we'll see him at Boy Meets World, 20 acting credits on his resume. Uh, Marcus Welby, MD, Laverne and Shirley, The Love Boat, Happy Days, Fantasy Island, Baywatch, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Odd Couple, and others. He's moved into directing. Great director. Um, he was most famously known for his role on Happy Days as Potsy. Mm. And it was one of those roles where people would only see him as Potsy. And it was, he kind of just hated being known as Potsy and only as Potsy. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that whole Anson Williams, it's Anson Williams, just Anson Williams. <laughs> and where Tom is on the phone with Jay Edgar is like, Ixnay on the Otsy pay. <laughs> Yes. Um, no, that's not a surprise. I knew, Brett, that I could do a deep dive on him, but your knowledge was going to be much better for this and more readily available. So I was like, ah, I'm just going to leave that to be to you. Yeah, I just, just so. watched a, an episode of uh, a couple episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine that he directed uh, in the last mm. month. And he, he's phenomenal behind the camera. Well, I don't doubt it. It's always fascinating to me of of like child stars that move into a director producer role and just the work that they do on that front. So, mm-hmm. um, Oh gosh, you're drinking Pepsi. What a poor choice. Mm. Well, Kelly took the Dr. Pepper I had grabbed from the store. So <laughs> what a monster. I had Coke earlier. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, I don't know if she ever tells you this, but anytime I leave her uh, voicemail, it's always like, what could you possibly do that's more important than talking to me? Oh, she does. <laughs> I mean, there's hundreds of things that she could be doing, but I just feel like if I lay on just enough guilt, I think it'll just make her giggle. It does. But, um, so yeah, I, I like how... Uh, 
Morgan points out of he's a spy, curly headed spy <laughs> on the land. photo that goes with the headline. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, that's when he decides to call J. Edgar Hoover and apparently gets straight through. Hey, J. Edgar. Yeah, I'm here with uh, uh, Anson Williams and a Russian spy. <laughs> stay on the East Bay. Yeah. Until they uh, haul him away, it. he's our guest. Yes, I love that. You're going to jail, spy. Now, Morgan. <laughs> Until he goes, he's still our guest. Yeah, <laughs> and Corey, we see Corey in jail, and he's holding a mug, and he's looking off on the Clearly, Corey has seen some old-fashioned, old-school movies would take place in a jail cell. Yes. Oh gosh. Uh, but Alan and Amy walk in. He goes, "Oh my gosh, my parents." He goes, "Well, of course we would recognize our own son." Yes. And then the accent returns, Brett. Do you have the papers? <laughs> On the American Space Program? Why are you talking like Boris and Natasha? Oh, good. He knows our code name. They're <laughs> uh, just saying that. I just love it. They're like, yes, well, we have to make sure that you're strong for whenever they torture you. Because as you know, if they don't torture you, our people will. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. But uh, Topanga and uh, Sean, well, sorry, TL and Seanzi set off the uh, the flash of, uh, I don't know, flash alarm. I don't air know, raid whatever alarm. You want to call yeah. It. yeah, air raid alarm. Um Oh, speaking of which, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Do you remember, it was like 2010, it was my senior year, when the um, when Corey's fire um, si- signal went off randomly one night? I'd have to think. I think it was like springtime. We were... I was hanging out with some friends and we were outside and all of a sudden it started going off. We could hear it as clear as day, but like, uh, my friend's, uh, family didn't hear it cause they were inside. He like went inside, like banging on all their doors. Like, wake up. There's a tornado coming. Wake up. There's a tornado calling <laughs> and, uh, false alarm. <laughs> I think I remember it now. Yeah. It was just funny. Like, I was like, Hey, that happened. That's basically what they do is it's a false alarm. So everyone panics except for them because they know it's not real. Um, They'll yeah, recognize I don't think me. It, yeah. <laughs> they won't recognize you with this clever chicken costume. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. So anywho, um, they go to uh, Shanzi's makeout place. That's apparently uh, always ready for him just in case in this abandoned building. Yeah. Which just happens to be Turner's apartment. Of course. And it's rent but, controlled. Uh, yeah, rent controlled. And uh, you know, some he they remove automatically some uh furniture like some of the cloth that goes over furniture to not collect dust and everything. And one of the pieces of furniture is a cheerleader, Brett. Well, you know, I've got to be ready for Shanzi. 
I don't think this this joke aged well. Uh, no, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was borderline when it was made. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, this may be the only real black guy on this episode, because it's just like the implications of a teenage girl waiting for a teenage boy to come and her being a piece of furniture. It's just not great. Yeah, Corey's imagination and his subconscious are a little bit yes, left. Yes, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting this is Corey's imagination. It's not real. Sorry. You're right. You're right. When you're but, right, you're but right. But still, it's 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 Corey's brain that's coming up with this, and it's 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 off target. So, <laughs> do you think every day there's a different girl in Corey's mind? So if he were to go back again, it would not be this girl the next time. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> that's how he views Sean. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we're really New getting into the subconscious of Corey in this episode for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anywho, uh, Topanga says something interesting, which is basically, why don't you look at me that weird way I don't want you to look at me? And he's like, what? She goes, tell me about the things that you know, you know, I want to do. And can we do those things? Corey's like, of course we can. Um, he's like, but I thought you were scared of that. We're scared of the way I looked at you. He goes, it does. And. They kiss anyway. So this is the first time you could say in about 10 episodes, roughly, that these two are having a intimate moment again. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the characters, this would be roughly like four-ish months, maybe? Yeah, broke up around the Super Bowl, getting yeah. back to get... Like, this is May, we're calling it, so... I don't know. Anywho, um, more importantly is the fact that uh, they decide to turn the radio on and learn that the manhunt for Corey is still on, and or for Brad Pitzer. That's right. And uh, <laughs> apparently they hear, uh, or they decide that they're going to ditch that spot because uh, they need to go see the wise man. That's right. Go see the wise man. Wise man. The wise man will tell them what to do and how to get out of there. That's right. And that's when they go and, uh, again, let's just remember this is a teenage boy, but it's uh, Mr. Williams, Eli, sitting there, and he's uh, hitting a bongo drum every, I don't know, three minutes and uh, calling that art. playing a song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And he points to the wise man. And, uh, Brett, can you tell everyone who the wise man is? Oh, of course. The wise man is played by Pat Morada. Uh, first and only time we'll see him on Boy Meets World. Uh, he has also passed away uh, back in 2005. 176 credits on his acting resume. Gomer Pyle, USMC, Green Acres, The Odd Couple, Columbo, Hawaii Five-0, MASH, Sanford and Son, Welcome Back, Cotter, Starsky and Hutch, The Love Boat, Laverne and Shirley, Magnum P.I., Happy Days, Mar uh, Mary, Harry and the Hendersons, Days World, Married with Children, Family Matters, The Hughleys, Baywatch, SpongeBob SquarePants, and of course, his most famous role, Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid franchise. 
referenced in his very... What You Want Me to Say, Wax On, Wax Off. <laughs> exactly. Yes, he says his famous line, but Brett, again, I have to take this moment to say, you need to watch Cobra Kai. I get it. You don't have Netflix right now, but you need to watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying you need to watch Cobra Kai. Well, I believe they're releasing it on physical media, so if, if, if they, that's correct, yeah, I, I have seen check them. it out of the library. So, yep, it's it's so good. You you, it is literally up your alley, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So, I don't know if we could ever actually do like a a play by play of that show because there are things in there that we can't really talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and make jokes on because not it a, isn't appropriate. A family friendly podcast. But it's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We let's say we could talk about it, but we just wouldn't be able to be family friendly and let kids uh, listen to us while we talk about it. So, no, 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 no. Uh, anywho, so the wise man uh, is trying to give him advice. And basically, hey, go back the way you came. Essentially, and he goes, okay, great. He goes, wait a minute. There are no microwaves in the 50s. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> but he says a very important line. This is your fantasy. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that they're breaking the fact of, Corey, this isn't real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up to this point, you think that the... the possibility is floating out there the very real possibility that he was transported back in time from the shock mm-hmm. like they weren't playing yeah. with it anything else this is a played as a real possibility up to this point yeah but uh you know sean says that he doesn't want to lose a guy like him so they need to get him moving and Topanga's really upset because this is probably goodbye and uh, unfortunately, Brett, uh, they're interrupted because Eric, the future capitalist, is uh, coming down to uh, arrest him. And Feeney gives him another A-plus for another his efforts. Another A-plus. <laughs> yes. And of course, everyone starts saying, spy, spy, spy. Even Alan and Amy are there chanting spy. <laughs> yes. It's like... In his subconscious, everyone is against him except for Sean and Topanga, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Which is um, really what he was saying in the kitchen, that no one understands how rough he has it. Yeah. Uh, but we get a shot of uh, Corey laying on the couch and Amy trying to talk to him and Corey wakes up and says, I'm not Brad Pitt. I'm not Brad Pitt. And Morgan's other Morgan. singer. Well, duh. Well, duh. Then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, Corey is the first person he talks to is Sean. He says, hey, you're here. Oh, sorry. He first says, Seanzy? Yesy? Yesy? <laughs> you're always there, aren't you? He says, hey, with thumbs up, like uh, the Fonz. And, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, Corey's looking for something else, Brett. Yeah, Or someone else. else. Mm -hmm. And that is Topanga. Topanga. Yeah, he knows she's there. She walks in with a bag of ice. 
And, uh, you know, she's happy that he's awake and just says, uh, why are you looking at me like that? Because I will always look at you like this. Well, stop. Why? Because you're giving me the heebie-jeebies. You know, maybe some of the characteristics that he thinks about in the uh, his subconscious is not too far off of who these people truly are, Brett. Yep. I think he's got some of the <laughs> That's, That wasn't Shaw. Guys. That was Fonzie. <laughs> some of the base characteristics are there <laughs> yeah but of course brett we get to the tag of the episode and uh you know Corey is finishing his paper finally and uh on the space program i guess and of course the battery's getting low and eric says hey man you better save that he goes great of course yes thank you and uh, he goes to plug in his laptop again, and uh, all of a sudden he gets shocked. Do you not like my comment? Oh, no, I was just jotting a thought down, that's all. Oh, all of a sudden it, it showed a giant, and I'm like, oh, gosh, what am I saying? You don't really? Like? I didn't yeah. even make that. Exp- I usually have to go like this on the screen for it to do that. Yeah, all of a sudden it did it. I was like, what is happening? Huh. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, Alan and Amy run in saying, You okay? What's going on? Everything all right? He goes, Yeah, you're not speaking with a foreign accent. Everything is going to be okay. But Brett, Feeney walks in, but not just regular yes. Feeney. Space we could argue Feeny. Star Trek Feeney walks in. <laughs> yes, he does. And he has the Earth alien. Yes. He's ready for the ship to uh, beam them up. Yes. Oh, I and love Corey Corey's just... resignation in this moment. <laughs> uh, okay, just, whatever. Yeah, uh, just go for it. <laughs> sure. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Brett, this is an episode for sure, man. <laughs> This is an episode. So let's go and uh, find out what your deep dives are. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right. So let's talk about the Cold War real quick, Brett. Uh, Cold War was a period of uh, geopolitical tension between the United States and the Soviet Union. And their prospective allies, the Western Bloc and the Eastern Bloc, between 1945 to uh, 1999, or 91, sorry. Um, term Cold War is used because there was no long-scale fighting directly between two superpowers, but they each supported opposite sides in major uh, regional conflicts. Uh, known as proxy wars, the conflicts were based on ideology, ideological and geopolitical struggle for global influence by uh, the two superpowers following their uh, roles as allies during World War II as they uh, fought against the Nazis and the ja- uh, Imperial uh, Japanese Army. Sputnik Brett. The Sputnik crisis was a period of uh, public fear and anxiety in the Western nations uh, about the perceived technology gap between the United States and Soviet Union caused by Soviet's launch of Sputnik 1, the world's first artificial satellite, um, 
The crisis was a significant event in the World Cold War that triggered the creation of NASA and the space race between the two superpowers. The satellite was launched on October 4th, 1957. Ah, uh, sock hop, Brett. What is it? Often also uh, called a record hop. Interesting. Or just a hop. It was a, a informal sponsored uh, needed classification. Sorry. Uh, was an informal sponsored dance. All right. So sock hop were held as early as 1944 by the American Junior Red Cross and to raise funds uh, during World War II and then became a fad among teenagers in 1948 sock hops were commonly held at high schools and offered educational instant and education this is Austin uh, school gymnasiums or cafeteria the term came about uh, because uh, dancers were required to remove their hard sole shoes to protect the varnished floor of the gymnasiums uh, the school at the sock hop was usually played from vinyl records, sometimes presented on disc jockeys. Occasionally, there were live bands. Uh, in later years, hops became strongly associated with the 1950s and early rock and roll. At the hop, uh, a song by Danny and the Juniors uh, that debuted uh, in 1957, named names many popular and novelty dances and otherwise documented uh, what occurred at the at a hop uh, subsequent decades with widespread popularity of sneakers and other types of indoor only footwear the practice of removing shoes was dropped the term uh, then to be applied more generally to any informal dance for teenagers so from that, Brett, uh, that was a lot of, felt like there was a lot of word vomit. But basically, from what I'm gathering is, back in the 50s and 40s, uh, we didn't have the type of shoes we have now. So, uh, nowadays, we wouldn't call a dance a hop, because we can still have our shoes on. So, essentially, it would just be a dance, and that's all it would really be, is <laughs> the informal dance they're doing. So, I don't really can't see any schools nowadays doing a quote-unquote sock hop where they force their teenagers to take off their shoes because good lord i smell teenager feet and it is disgusting oh yes uh, i'm having flashbacks to a certain person who had come in from swim practice in his crocs uh, <laughs> not naming names not naming names uh dean gooding Witter, uh, born August 2nd, uh, 1887, passed in May 25th, 1969, was an American businessman, stockbroker, and investor with his brother Guy Whitmer and cousin Gene Whitmer. Dean Whitmer co-founded uh, Dean Whitmer and Company in 1924, which became the largest investment house on the west coast um xerox was founded in 1906 
in Rochester, New York as a Hollyoid. Halioid uh, photograph company and it manufactured uh, pho uh, photograph paper and equipment um, IBM uh, business machine incorporation a nickname big blue is an American multinational uh, technology corporation headed in uh, Amarok New York and is presented presence in over 175 countries it specified in compute specializes in uh, computer hardware mildware software and provides hosting and consulting services in the area ranging from mainframe computers to NATO technology IBM is the largest industrial research organization in the world with 19 research facilities across a dozen countries. IBM was founded in 1911 uh, as a computer tabulation recording company and was renamed the International Business Machine in 1924. Sorry, I did not have that beforehand. Oh no, we're good. Uh, da, 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 da. Last thing that was mentioned, Brett, was, of course, J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover was the first uh, director of the uh, Bureau of Investigation, or the FBI, um, Federal Bureau of Investigation, sorry, born January 1st of 1895 and passed May 2nd, 1972. Now, I will say that this is... He is such a large presence in this time frame um, because essentially, you know, you can't have like all throughout any sort of movie and uh, time span that is going on after World War Two. He is just so prevalent. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so many movies will say something to the reference of Jagger Hoover. What is the FBI doing? What is Jagger Hoover up to? And what we know as time has progressed was that he was kind of a paranoid man and would do investigations into people that he probably shouldn't have been investigating. And, you know, there's a lot of information out there of just kind of how erotic or not erotic. That's not the right word. Um, Neurotic. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, did some good work, but on the same token, probably got too much power too quickly, didn't know what to do with it, and we didn't know what to do with that branch of government. So it all happens. I, sorry, I did forget one thing. Uh, I was just looking at when did Harvard start officially accepting uh, women into the university? And uh, apparently, the first woman was admitted in 1920, but uh, women were officially allowed to receive a degree from Harvard in 1963. So, those, Brett, are your deep dives. All right. So, and again, I knew, I knew all of the <laughs> actors that are in this, and there are so many actors in this like special guest i knew you were going to be able to handle those so i didn't even touch those guys so yeah but those are the deep dives all right well let's talk about 
what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Tyler, what did you learn? Well, I'm going to take a different spin at this, Brett. Because honestly, as we were talking, what I learned truly is, is that this is the first time we're really understanding who Corey is and, and who this teenage version of him is. And, and this is going to continue onward and and why he fights so hard for his relationship with, with Sean and Topanga both. And how even if other people don't listen to him, he he's going to speak his mind and... and be the person that he thinks he should be so you know truly i learned about who Corey matthews is as a teenager in this episode mm -hmm. um and i didn't think i didn't fully realize that until we actually started talking about this, as much as i've watched this episode over the years so good on you dad's me well, Corey, I I guess. yeah <laughs> i learned well I'll, I'll pull out two learnings the first is save your progress. Yes. Yeah. The Luckily, there's automatic I, I, savings now. Yes. Uh, I did. I dug. I dug for the second one because you know this. This one's not your typical. Here's the moral of the story, and let's teach around it. This really is more of a character exploration. Mm -hmm. Um. But don't assume others will understand, don't understand or sympathize with your problems or that they mm. don't have issues of their own that they're dealing with because comparison is only going to be damaging. Because that's really yep. what kicked all this off. Corey was of the mind that no one understands him or what he's going through. But in that room, there were his parents who have their own issues and grew up with their own issues. Mr. Feeney, who had grown up in the era that Corey is researching and has his own issues, and they all love him and sympathize with him fully. Mm -hmm. And everything that went on in his subconscious grew out of this mindset of no one sympathizes with how hard I have it. Yeah. No, I agree so that's with that. What I, I mean, it, I mean, you could say that also. It's like a know what the people that love you went through, and mm -hmm. the more that you understand what their struggle was, the better you can understand yours. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, not that the era also of the seventies was perfect, and I'm sure Alan Amy would be the first people to say so, but it's easy to look back at old times and go, "Gosh, you guys had this so easy in this regard." <laughs> well, maybe they did, but nowadays this area is so much better. Yes, the area that you would like is not great, but yeah. hey, you have this instead. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, well, let's uh, grade this puppy. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So, am I done with my education? Can I go? What grade would you give I was a teenage spy, Tyler? Oh, it's an A plus. <laughs> like even I, I even have... with some of the 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 questionable things I brought up, which was only really one. Uh no, this is an A plus. This is 
uh, arguably could easily be in my top 10 favorite episodes. Like I will always watch this episode. Um, yeah. And even as we were discussing it today, like of just, it proved more and more of how great this episode is. So crazy. Yeah, how I, I don't usually try to guess your grades, but I did on this one. I had it nailed. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> What's your grade, Brett? I'm giving it a solid A. Uh, you know, what? Some, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good grade. It's a good solid A, but some of those things that are questionable for Corey's head, or you know, they do do drag it down a little bit, but it's still a solid A for me. I'm done. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, Brett. You don't have to have an A+, plus, but I just want you to know you're wrong. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Hey, we're both still in the A's. Well, I believe you have a dad joke for me. Yeah. Let's, it's going to be Christmassy. I may rattle off a few just... For kicks and giggles, but Brett, how did Scrooge win the football game? How did Scrooge win the football game? The ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Here's another one. Why did Scrooge get a pet lamb? Why did Scrooge get a pet lamb? Because <laughs> it would say, bah, humbug. <laughs> uh, oh gosh here we go who delivers presents to baby shark at christmas oh i forget the punchline to this one but i've heard it before who does santa shark Trying to think if there's another one in here that I want to do. I'm sure that sounded really good. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Uh, okay. Brett, which reindeer does Santa always have to discipline? I don't know which one. Rudolph. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is an episode, people. I got it. That is an episode. Well, good-looking people, you can find us online at all kinds of places at all Dad's the places. Meat World. Yes, all the places at Dad's Meat World across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Yeah. You can leave yeah. us messages. You can leave comments, and you can send us an email at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, 
you can pick up some pretty sweet Dad's Meat World swag at uh, threadless.com slash Dad's Meat World. Yeah. That was that was the right URL, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said yeah. <laughs> I haven't said that in a couple episodes, so I had to think about it. <laughs> That's okay. I understand. Yeah. I'm also distracted by a sleeping kitty. <laughs> Well, Tyler, until next time, I'll see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.